Now is the time to submit quietly. We control all you hear and feel. You are about to enter a great adventure and experience the awe and mystery from your ultimate fantasies to your deepest fears from which you may never return. Gordon. Welcome back to Strutting from Gorilla, episode nine. Everyone's feeling a little, uh, a little good tonight. I'm excited. We're we're talking about the best wrestlers on the mic. If Mikey Cash was a wrestler, I think he would be number one on the microphone from Strutting from Gorilla. He's got that 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 charisma. He electrifies the dozens and dozens. Um, You're damn well, right. You yeah. damn right, Vito. I'm well, electrifying dozens and dozens this week. What? What? You said I'm electrifying? What? I'm not lacking charisma? What? Look it up? What? There's a book about it? What? You can ask Mango for it. He's willing to give the books out. Give a little recommendation, will you? What? What's the name of, that? What's the name of the book? The Four Agreements. This doesn't matter what the name <laughs> of the book is. Sorry. <laughs> I, I kind of drifted in and out of Stone Cold and The Rock. So Hey, I I, I love, love every second of it. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, we got the whole crew with us here tonight. We got uh, the leader of men, Bobby Stone. We got Mango, Mikey Cash, and I am Big Vito. So let's get right into it. We'll do our opening segment here, and then we'll uh, talk about the best wrestlers on the microphone. So uh, Mikey Cash, why don't you lead us off? Uh, sure. I Really, I don't have too many thoughts this week, but I've been, again, catching up on Dynamite, and I continue to like what they're doing. I, I wanted to go back to something that I mentioned about the women's division in AEW, and I actually feel like they're making a turnaround. I think what they got going on with Thunder Rosa coming in from NWA is a really good move. She is a is a really wonderful wrestler. She knows how to tell a story in the ring. You can you can tell when someone's in the ring that's just leaps and bounds better than the other people around her, and she is that performer. Uh, I really look forward to seeing her and uh, Hikaru Shido Shida possibly hook up again. So that's what I'm looking at in wrestling, and that's what I'm loving. All right. Like that. Um, going on, we got Big Mango. Thanks, Vito. Happy to be back. Episode number nine. Um, and as we've grown as a podcast and, and listeners, I also would like to grow with the listeners and I figured each week I maybe give you a little window into Mango's life, let you know what's going on outside of the ring, as well as inside of the ring. And I can kind of relate it back to wrestling, maybe. Uh, so during COVID-19, the WWE decided to future endeavor a ton of wrestlers. A lot of those guys went to AEW. A lot of those guys went to TNA. A lot of those guys are uh, uh, influencers on Instagram now. I decided to future endeavor my mobile provider. And uh, so I'm no longer a member of Sprint as of today. Just want to let you guys know. Very exciting stuff. And uh, I will update you next week as to how good the service is. I'm going to this thing called Mint Mobile. $20 for eight gigabytes of uh, data. Call it? data, unlimited calls and texts, 20 bucks. And then you can pay by the year. It's only 240 bucks for the whole are year. They, then you don't... Are they sponsoring us now? I don't... 
I'm hope I'm hoping this will lead to a sponsorship from a mobile provider. We're giving them a Not, plug, so you're damn right. And it's a very healthy plug, so I, I want to thank you. And uh, it is not officially a sponsorship just yet, but we will work on Mint Mobile. Yes, and that's it. Just I that's kind of like that was like an an audition for me to be the promo guy. If we do get a, a promo, mm -hmm. maybe you know, maybe the Mangalata can take take it. Yes, all right. Uh, Bobby, what's your first thought? Well, gentlemen, um, I'd be lying to you if I said I knew where the stock was at at this current juncture, so I have no stock watch. I think we've given up almost completely on it, but not just yet. Uh, not for me anyway. But things that I want to update you guys on, um, we do have a potential YouTube channel coming into play uh that we're working on behind the scenes uh we're also working on uh distribution and and checking out kind of where else we're going to go with this uh but you know we're still getting some uh listeners from all around the world so so we'll take it and uh and we like that so let's give ourselves a round of applause for that thank you bobby stone um well, that's some good stuff. What do I have this week? I don't know what I have this week. You know, the one thing I, I saw in the news for, for wrestling is that they officially let Gerald Briscoe go, who was a longtime talent scout for the WWE. I don't know what that's going to mean. Uh, he's been in the business for 30 plus years. Uh, they've been letting random people go left and right at WWE, they future endeavored a lot of people and furloughed a lot of people and they've actually officially let them go. So I don't really know what that means. I just remember him and Pat Patterson being one of the best tag teams of all time, which was not mentioned on our best tag teams of all time episode, but they were fantastic. And they were actually in the first ever men's evening gown match. I don't know mm -hmm. if you guys recall that, but it was, it was great. It's an instant classic from King of the ring, 2000. It yeah. stole the show. Wasn't it for the Hardcore Championship? Yeah, I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> and then you so, didn't see either of them again for like a year. No, no, you definitely didn't. But uh, may 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 God have mercy on Gerald Briscoe's soul, and may he find another another gig in the wrestling business. Yeah, that's funny. You mentioned that video. I saw a comment actually on on an article I read that they're paying the Undertaker. WWE is paying the Undertaker multi million dollars. I mean, more than a million dollars a year to do nothing. And they can't keep Gerald Briscoe on the payroll? Right. I don't get it. I know, I, I'm pretty sure he has a an auto body shop he can fall back on. I think it's Briscoe Brothers Auto Shop. They talked about <laughs> it all the time. They talked about it all the time. <laughs> so Was true. it at work? <laughs> hey, you know, you need some work done. Call the, the Briscoe Brothers. Um, but okay, let's, let's move along. So we don't have a ton going on, but, um, let's move along. We're, we're talking about the best wrestlers on the microphone slash the best segments. Um, I feel like this is a, a real strong point of Mikey cash here. So I'm going to, I'm going to let you lead it off. Um, I don't know why I just get the feeling it's your strong point and you have a lot I, to say about this subject. I do have a lot to say about this subject. And this is, this is a whole lot of Mikey cash's two cents. You can argue that I have a roll full of pennies that I'm going to be throwing at everybody today with thoughts about who I think is the best on the mic. And 
it is the surprise to absolutely no one that my number one pick is the people's champ, the most electrifying man, the Brahma bull all around smack us down. People's champ, the rock. He has been, he's been killing it since 1997. I have a, I have some YouTube clips that we're, we're going to be posting in the show notes as well as posting some stuff on our Twitter at from underscore gorilla. Check us out, follow us. This it's these are just sort of I think highlight promos throughout his career. And I started with August 18th, 1997. Remember that date. That is the date that The Rock joined the Nation of Domination. I know we talked, we mentioned it in previous podcasts about his his role with the nation and his run with them and how great that was and how it built, it was very formative. But that promo was really the start of it all. That was the start of building that character of The Rock because he got the initial push as Rocky Maivia shoved down the throats and they just shit all over him. So in this promo, you could, you could feel the actual anger from him that he tried all these things and the people just weren't, weren't receiving it. He was all pissed off about the die Rocky die chance that used to go on back then. And one of the lines that, that always sticks out to me is he says, I'm a lot of things, but sucks isn't one of them. And folks, he proved it. <laughs> okay. Uh, another one, July, it was around July, August, 1999. He's fresh into his baby face run following WrestleMania. He's out of the nation, no longer associated with the corporation, none of that shit. And then he's got this feud with Billy Gunn. And it is one of my all-time favorite promos because he he basically reenacts Billy Gunn praying to God about winning King of the Ring and still sucking. And it's the the bet the line of the of the whole promo is <laughs> when 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 Rock is acting like God and he says what and he just calls him a different name and Billy's like but my name's Billy and he goes it doesn't matter what your name is and it is it's it's priceless and the last one I'm gonna I, I want to throw out there to you guys to, to check out is from December 2000 it's right before the six man hell in the cell. They're, uh, they're, they're gearing up for it. And it is so good because he just runs down each and every competitor in that match and dresses them down. But he does it in such a way where there's some comedy, but he also is able to get serious when it's time to get serious. And I think that is the mark of somebody who's good on the mic. They can elicit that emotion from you. They can be entertaining, but they know when shit's going to go down, I need to get serious. And The Rock knew how to do that better than anybody else. That's why he was the people's champ. That's why he electrified crowds for years. That's why he still electrifies, even when he's posting shit on Instagram about how he got COVID. The man knows, the man knows charisma. He exudes it. I would I agree. I would agree with you there. I think he is uh, probably the best on the microphone. I mean, it. I, I don't think it's even a question, but it, it's a different type of good on the microphone. Right. It's not your. Right. It's not your old school. You know, Dusty Rhodes on the microphone, mm-hmm. or your cerebral assassin. You know, Jake yes. the Snake Roberts. It's it's different. He he mocks people mm-hmm. by having this sense of humor that is hilarious. I mean, yeah. do you remember when you talked about the the six man Hell in the Cell match, which I still think is one of the best promos of all time? You talked about it's, Kurt Angle. It's, it's I'm Kurt Angle. I'm going to say my prayers and drink my milk <laughs> but i'm gonna take three viagra <laughs> yeah <laughs> so best part but he also does the triple h impression which oh. i don't know if you remember but he did that was like a re repeat of him doing yes. it from before when he he i re, i don't remember the raw that it was on but he came out and he was speaking to um 
Stephanie McMahon, because at that point everyone called her like a two dollar whore, and uh, it was it was kind of funny at the time. But you go back and you look at it now, and it's like, oh, that's kind of nasty, you know. But <laughs> you're like, not great. But... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, he that was when he started. He's like, I'm Triple H, and I'm gonna beat ya. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I, I couldn't listen. It's hysterical. To I couldn't listen to his voice the same way every time he uh, talked. Oh, you know what I what I failed to mention? It's an honorable mention, but it's all of the rock concerts. I I, I, oh, I have yeah. all the clips and I can post them on the Twitter later. But they're they're great. The ones for WrestleMania 19 with Austin Goldberg when he sings to John Cena, and he alludes to the whole thing with Eve and John Cena having affairs. It was fantastic. And then he sings to Vicky Guerrero, and it's it's a beautiful song. That is a beautiful song. Mike, there was this. Did you do you remember the one when uh, NWO uh, debuted in WWE yes. the first time? And so I had actually heard a story about that. That uh, they kind of didn't really script it too much. They let the guys kind of do what they were gonna wanted to do on the mic. And The Rock completely shitted on the NWO. Kind of killed their whole <laughs> like, like debut. He calls uh, Kevin Nash Big Daddy Bitch. <laughs> and he does the, like the. the <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just it just ruined their run. Like the first night they were there, <laughs> just over. Uh, that was that was some that was some really good stuff. So yeah, the, the Rock yeah. is clearly I think number one. I in my opinion, um, mm-hmm. but uh, who else we got on this list? Mango, you got uh, you got a, a a best on the mic. Yeah, uh, you know it's really very obviously impossible to to follow the Rock, but. My guy is the nature boy, Ric Flair. And uh, I just thought through uh, kind of his, uh, I'm not really sure he ever evolved as a character. He was always kind of just the same guy for like 30 years, but for whatever reason, it was always interesting. And uh, I, you know, so there's like the eighties where he would be interviewed by uh, Tony Schiavone or somebody. Mean Gene. Or me, gee, somebody. It was it was supposed to be in like the studio, like the Saturday night studio, where he would like have girls come onto the stage, and he'd be like, "You yeah. want to go on a jet?" and all this sort of thing. But um, if I were to post something on the at from Gorilla from underscore Gorilla page, it would be the one when he's uh, talking to Mean Gene. It was like on Nitro in '99, and uh, everybody thought Ric Flair was washed up. But he comes out, he loses his mind on my favorite guy in the whole world, Eric Bischoff. Yes. And he starts taking his clothes off. He says he has a $2,000 alligator skin belt. He has a $30,000 watch. He threw his Gucci shoes into the audience. Into the audience. Could have hit somebody in the head. They can't get away with that nowadays. Uh, and then he starts elbow dropping the air. <laughs> That was like the, the that's the best the one. Yeah, that's, that's, so, so that's the best part. Yeah, no, but I mean, he also had the most iconic, I think, uh, on the mic segment. If you think about the limousine riding, you know, uh, that's that's the the segment I'll always remember with Ric Flair, and he had that intensity. But the difference is, and we talked about this earlier, the guys from like the '80s and '90s, their promos were not in front of a live audience most of the time. It was usually behind the scenes being interviewed by someone i mean you think about the days with hulk and macho man and and they're 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 screaming at the 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 camera um i i like those they try every now and then i don't know if you guys notice this but every now and then they try to bring those back in wwe 
like literally they try to bring him back. Like they'll be in like the corner during a match and there'll be like a, a, a wrestler talking about the other wrestler. Have you right. seen those? Yeah, they're kind of brutal. They try, but like th- that's where them being too overproduced is real really works against them because even when the wrestler is trying to like exude some real emotion, they 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 can't. They can't most of the time. It's impossible. Yeah. For them. And they also because they do the live audience thing, you know, they didn't always do that back in the day. They always had these pre-taped segments, so they would kind of have to do that to some degree. But I don't know. I I think Ric Flair, I agree with you. He's definitely up there. Um, My pick was... uh, Yeah, well, I debated between two, but I kind of... Are you just going to give us two? I'm going to give you two. Of course I'm going to give you two. I mean, I would go to Bobby Stone next, but we all know his is going to be Yokozuna. So... We'll go to Bobby Stone last year. I hate your guts! (laughs) <laughs> but no yeah mine is um between jake the snake roberts and chris jericho mm. now here's here's why okay you can I, I wanted to kind of do jake and i wanted to do jericho because jake the snake has a it's it's totally different than what we talked about with the rock kind of totally different than what we talked about with with rick flair um he he played mental games with the wrestlers and you can still see it. Like I didn't realize how good he was until I watched a recent episode of AEW and he still was good on the microphone, like light years above what the wrestlers are doing nowadays, you know? And um, I, I just, I love every second of Jake the snake. I think there was a, what really set me off is if you watch his kind of his vignettes, I guess you would call it when, when he was first came in, he had one against, um, I want to say it was talking about macho man. Um, I'll have to post the link. Cause I forget exactly what it was, but it was so good. I mean, you, you, you'd watch him talk and you would just be like, wow, this guy is friggin' bad man he's a bad man and um he'd come out with the the he also had the the live animal with the snake i just love that so he was he was there and then i i had to pick jericho because i think about it and i don't know if it was necessarily jericho or it was the rock but when jericho first came out it was when the rock was in the ring and uh they're back and forth all the time were so good i mean he's He's up there with The Rock as far as one-liners go. Um, And he's still doing it to this day and kind of reinventing himself a little bit on the microphone. Um, I feel like he's kind of cashed it in a little bit. Like, I feel, I just, I watch him and listen, he's still good. It's just like, I can see him. He's one of the older guys right now that's still wrestling. And he's wrestling like on a weekly basis. And his body probably shouldn't be doing that. And since he came to AEW, you can see his body deteriorating in his matches, but he's still pretty good on the mic. Yeah, no, he is good, and and you're right. He he could stick. He could uh, he could hang with the Rock, and and did so for many years. And 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 real quick about Jake, dude, you're so right because his style was so different than any of the other guys that we've mentioned. He was able to speak methodically. And get his message across and like convey that emotion and be intimidating without ever raising his voice. And I thought that was so cool. It's such a talent to do that. Yeah, it's it's something that I I wish he didn't have the drug problems and we saw more yeah. of him. Um, I'm glad to see he's in a good place now and back in the business. 
how did he not make it on our wrestlers who never won the championship list? We we looked right over him. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Honorable yes, mention. I don't know. I don't remember his matches being like superior. I think he was really good at making his opponent look good, but I don't think he was ever this guy that you'd look at and be like, I can't wait to see Jake the snake wrestle. You know what I mean? One of the only things I remember about him was the DDT. Yeah. The DDT was an unbelievable. That's the only thing I really remember about in the snake, of course, but something you, something I think that like you can make a correlation between the three top guys we picked. Ric Flair, The Rock, and so far, sorry, and then we'll get to Bobby, of course, and and Ric Flair, The Rock, and Jake the Snake is that they blurred the lines between their character and their real life persona, like in a way, I guess. So like they were just being themselves turned up a little. Like you, I felt like Jake the Snake was really like a devilish guy. Like yeah. <laughs> that's what he seemed like. Yeah, you know. Have you seen Have you seen the movie The Peanut Butter Falcon? No. No. Oh, you guys haven't seen that movie? No. You need to watch it. It came out uh, like a, maybe a year ago, and it's about it's got Shia LaBeouf in it, uh, LaBeouf and oh, uh, oh. LaBeouf, and it's it it's got a um, uh, mentally handicapped person, mentally challenged person who loves wrestling, and he wants to go and try and become a wrestler. So he meets up with Shia LaBeouf, who's this kind of troubled kid. And he ends up making a really good friendship with him. And they go down to this wrestling league and they Mick Foley's in it and they teach him how to wrestle and Jake, the snakes in it too. He's like the guy that he ends up wrestling. Yeah. You got to watch it, dude. It's really, it's pretty good. It's not like any sort of intense. But my point is, you know, Jake was in it and um, it was, it was good to see him in there and doing something a little bit, a little bit different, but yeah. Anyways, those are good ones. Um, Who you got Bobby Stone? Well, I'm actually going to double down on where Matt was going with his uh, his last point, and that actually goes back to uh, not one but two wrestlers because the first wrestler being kind of more that devilish on the mic, uh, but for different reasons, and that's because uh, you gentlemen need to rest in peace. The Undertaker, uh, whether it was the vignette or in front of the crowd, there is something very special about that man. He had, whether it was Paul Bear doing the actual uh, verbiage for him and him just standing there and letting the crowd take it all in because of that type of a presence, or it was actually him going after and really messing with wrestlers' minds, uh, whether it was building the casket for Yokozuna or it was... Uh, building casket, quite frankly, for any wrestler, or uh, I remember the vignettes going back and forth between Kane and uh, Undertaker, and, and those were just fantastic. No, I was just going to ask you a question. Do you remember the uh, Buried Alive matches, Bobby? Of course. Of course. Those are fantastic. Yeah. My question is, where did the wrestlers go when they got buried alive? I always tried to figure that out and could never figure it out. Future was- endeavored. <laughs> yeah, but no, I mean, where did? how did they get out of there? Was there like a trap door back there that they... Got out well, of- it, it, if you, I think it was uh, one of the in your houses where they did the, the buried alive. It was this massive mountain, and that what they throw them under, and then there's there would have to be some sort of passageway or a tunnel that they would crawl into, or kind of an elevator down, depending on you know how they would work it, and then you would sidestep it into uh, into the locker room. Um, 
That's my hypothesis. Okay, we'll have uh, to or, look at or, that. If or it went completely black and in the crowd, and then he just jetted right back to the locker room. Yeah. And, and stayed in dirt until it was uh, in breathable climates anyway. I wonder, that's something, if you, uh, if our listeners out there have any idea on how that worked, please tweet at us at from underscore gorilla on the Twitter machine. I think, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know who that is. I'll have to look that up. But The Undertaker is, a, is another good one on the microphone. Also a little bit different. Not someone who's very charismatic, but more like into his character. So that's a, that's a good one, Bobby. He was the character that I really just kind of wanted to hold on to. But... Um... Well, and so didn't the WWE because apparently he still has a million dollar retainer. The man needs to <laughs> officially friggin' retire. Yeah. Um, do you think? Do you think Paul Bearer had uh, a good influence on him? Do you think that was helped make him? Because I mean, when he first came out, he didn't talk much. Well, he had, he had that. Bearer. I was gonna say he had the mouthpiece and million dollar man too. So they fed him a mouthpiece for a little while until he got a little more comfortable with his character itself. There was a lot of character development actually just making him that presence that he was. And by the time he got that notoriety and the lights came down and, and the crowd kind of went nutty because this guy was just going to just beat the bag out of whoever he was going to face. I think that was the point in time in which he could start to talk on his own. Also, Paul Pera, Mr. Pringle went on to future endeavors. So he needed a, he needed to be his own mouthpiece. Yeah, and he also, I think, too, you, uh, you didn't mention this, but when he was the dead man, you know, he kind of transformed from a guy that was, uh, you know, the undertaker to the American badass who had a whole different persona, and he did a pretty good job. Like, that was a very believable character, too. That was as close to uh, a face as he was ever going to get, and I agree 100%, you know, that was the, because uh, he's still from Texas, right? So that was yeah. the all-American you know, he wasn't necessarily crushing beers, but he was riding his bike and, you know. Got the dip going? Oh, yeah. I mean, he looked like that. He looked like he could have been very easily you know, some bike gang in, uh, from Sons of Anarchy. Hell's Angel? Yeah. He, he definitely looked like he could have been a Hell's Angel. Um, yeah, no, those are those are some good ones. Uh, I mean, I think there are a couple we may have missed, maybe. I don't know. I There are a few that, you know... I could name his honorable mentions. Go ahead, Mikey Cash. Oh, okay, just just something on the American Badass Undertaker. I used to confuse him with what's the guy from DOA. Do you remember? Oh yeah, Eight Ball. Was, was it Eight Ball? Eight Ball and um, Crush I, or I something. Would, eight Ball. And yeah, something. I I would watch like Raws from 1998, and I'd see these guys coming out, and I was like, wait, what? Why? Why is the Undertaker out like that? He was just out with the corporate, like with the ministry. Like what? What is going on? It was it was so it, it's weird. He eight ball is Undertaker's doppelganger. Do you remember yeah. when do you remember when he came out and Kurt Angle came out on the scooter as the Undertaker? <laughs> that was, that was also so a great segment. I mean, Kurt Angle could be up there in one of these yeah, too. He it's, great promos. He pulled great promos. I mean, Austin obviously had great promos, great on the mic. Uh Cena. Cena, good on the mic for sure. Um Roman Reigns, not good on the mic, but he's getting better. He's getting better. Right. Paul Heyman, great. Paul, Heyman. Paul Heyman is unreal. Paul yeah. Heyman's, I mean, I but wanted that, to put him as the best, but he's not like a wrestler. So, I, But that's I the manager's job, right? Like that that's what a manager's supposed to be is that mouthpiece. So he 
he's the best in the game. I, I don't know who who would you I, I know where we're sidestepping here, but if you were to go managers, who who would that be? Uh, well, and, you, you have to be Heyman. I feel like he's he's at the top or he's right there with Bobby Heenan. Bobby Heenan. I was gonna yeah. say Bobby Heenan. So I'm gonna go in a different direction and I'm gonna say Terry Reynolds. Um I know why. Because she's it the she devil. She's the she devil. She, she made the Hardys. What are you talking about? She was the one who took the Hardys under her wing and made them who they were. Sure. So that would be my Does pick. Jimmy Hart get Jimmy Hart or Jim Cornette. You know those those Jim Southern. Cornette. The, the, you had Jim Cornette and Mr. Fuji, yeah. managers of one of the best tag teams that <laughs> ever wrestled with Yokozuna and Crush. Oh, there was Yokozuna and Owen Hart as well. Yeah. They were tag champs. So let me ask you this question. Again, we, we've gone through all of these these different segments here about best wrestlers, best on the mic, mm-hmm. you know, you know, who's on your your Mount Rushmore. And the guy that I feel like symbolizes wrestling the most, he's like the Babe Ruth of wrestling. We still always never give him credit for being good at any of these things. Like <laughs> he's not a good wrestler. We're not considering Hulk Hogan the best on the mic. Like, why the hell was he so popular? I don't understand this then. Because it was probably just like a perfect storm of timing. Yeah, it definitely That's was. What I think it was. And he's this guy. He's your he again. He's your prototypical big guy, you know. And and he just took off at the right time. Plus, he was in mainstream. He was the first wrestler to really yeah. take off in movies. You know, when when you look at all of Hogan's stuff, like it, he's basically he, he is superstar Billy Graham two point Yeah, he Billy is. Graham was doing that. In the 70s. And yeah. then, but again, that was too soon. So now Hogan comes along doing a similar stick at the right time when it was, it was just like a swell for it. At least that's what I think. Yeah. Do you, I, I still think a lot of his popularity has to do with uh, the No Holds Barred movie. I really do. Like, I listen, I'm being serious. Right. Yeah. Like he goes in there and then all of a sudden it, it, you know, you have WrestleMania and he's up there main eventing it. And, I don't know. That's that's just just my opinion. But hey, the other person, of, go ahead, go ahead, man. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. Out of all, you know, sorry, Vito. Uh, out of all of Hogan's competitors, I think maybe the one that stacked up against him best was maybe Macho Man. Would yep. you guys? Who would you say is better on the mic, Hulk or Macho Man? And this is Macho Man, Macho yeah. Man, Macho but Man. It, but it's because it was so different. Like he, you know, had this thing. That just was a completely good gimmick. But I, I mean, I could see it getting old. But again, it was if he did that nowadays, I don't know how it would go over. You know what I mean? Yeah. But in that time, it was a great little, it was a great gimmick. You know, you and, might think it, it would be kind of nowadays, you'd be like, that's kind of stupid. Right. Like, yeah. Right. <laughs> like the Hollywood Hulk Hogan promos, those were good. That's what I, I mean. He yeah. He found his stride when he did that stuff. Yeah. No, I would agree there 100%. What about CM Punk? So no one mentioned oh, CM Punk. We that was actually um, that was the second wrestler that that we were that we were talking about, and one of the reasons why I was bringing up CM Punk uh, was for the pipe bomb. T- pipe bomb. I mean that if there is one instance in particular that really solidifies that absolute off actor. I mean, it went from. By the way, gentlemen, the ice cream sandwich. Did you know that they actually started remaking the ice cream sandwich, the WWE ice cream sandwich, and you can yeah, buy them at your gas stations? I did not know that. I came across a gas station earlier this week. 
and I bought myself an ice cream sandwich. I did not tweet it out. I'll have to buy another one. <laughs> it wasn't that good, but it was good for memories. No, You're that's letting us that's into true. your life a little bit. That's great. Yeah. I like that. I do. Thank you, Bobby. Thank you for that. I'm your friend. <laughs> I think CM Punk was a good combination of he had a decent look. He had a, I guess, a decent um, gimmick. He was like the straight edge guy, but he was really good on the mic. I would agree with you. I think out of the three, you know, there's the three things: the look that Bret Hart always goes back to, the look in the ring, and your mic work. And I think, you know, of all these wrestlers we're talking about, I think Mike is what got them over. You know? Yeah. No, I would agree. And here's the thing: I, I, I think that why CM Punk was so popular. He basically was shitting on the WWF at the time. He was just shitting on them as he was their top guy. And I think that is what the fans wanted to hear. They didn't want to hear this scripted stuff. And all of a sudden he drops this pipe bomb, which is completely true in all aspects of it. And everyone's like, yes, finally, finally some edge here. And I think after that, he just exploded, you know? Um, yeah, it goes to what we said earlier, turning your personality up a little high. Like we've learned from that promo that that's actually how he is. He's kind of like a snippy, edgy guy. And not everybody could have pulled off the the pipe bomb. Nobody else could have said it the way he said it. No. Right. Right. But he also comes off to me as like a cocky dude that I think not a lot of people liked because he was so cocky. Like it was not, nothing was ever good enough for him. I think I've said that before, you know, and it was like, whatever. But I, I, I don't know. I just felt like a lot of people didn't like him, but he became so popular that they kind of had to push him. And that's, that's my theory behind all of it. Well, to your point, Vito, I, I, on that cocky piece, uh, it was one of the reasons once he got to that, that certain point where he was carrying the company. And I put that in air quotes for the people that didn't see it. Um, he was a little too cocky. He was getting a little too big for his britches and it was at the point where his contract was coming to an end. He had the wrestling show in Chicago. And um, I, I I can't remember if that was a uh, – I forget what pay-per-view that was. But it was basically his last one. Uh, and then he was going off to wrestle into – go ahead, Mike. It was Money in the Bank. It was a Money in the Bank. Yeah, that was uh, – his contract was coming up. And I think he literally signed it that night. And um, – then he was going into uh, MMA uh, or UFC uh, shortly thereafter, wasn't it? Yep. And, yep. And, and that's where he he went and said, you know, I don't want to be a wrestler anymore. I want to be taken as bit, you know, I want to be the big guy, not yeah, only he, in the wrestling ring, but in UFC and actually fell flat on his face. Yeah, he wasn't a good UFC fighter. But again, it just goes to show you, like, you, the guy was never content with anything. And, you know, if he's not happy, he's not happy. I mean, I, I get it. He wanted to, he wanted to be back in the attitude era when they wouldn't basically go down that road. So um, I, I think though, there there's the other two people that I would put on the list that maybe we didn't mention too would be Roddy, Roddy Piper. I think he was pretty good on the, on the mic. I mean, he had his own talk show, so he had to be pretty good. And then, um, Shawn Michaels, I feel like, and maybe even Triple H, I felt like they were pretty good on the mic. You know, there yeah. was a time yeah. I actually hated when Triple H had the the what was it the Helmsley 
McMahon era or whatever, I actually stopped watching for a period. So it's like, I can't stand these two. Like it's, it was just awful. I could, I couldn't yeah. take it, but at the end of the day, like he does have some good promos. Um, they're yeah, pretty generic, but, uh, Shawn Michaels too. I mean, Shawn Michaels had plenty of good promos throughout his career. Um, and I think you've alluded to some of them before Mike, and I would put all of those guys up there and, um, I don't know that, that, that would be my, my two cents in all of it with these. I think we had some good picks and if you guys think we had, uh, missed somebody, or you feel differently again, tweeted us at from underscore gorilla on the Twitter machine. But I, the other thing I want to ask you guys, and this is off the head, top of our heads here. We haven't really, we didn't discuss this before, but who would be the worst on the microphone? Oh, that's I'll easy. start it out. You guys can think for a second, but I, I was thinking about this as we were talking and I, I have two that come to mind, come to mind. Number one. Well, actually there's three that are really bad, but <laughs> number one would be Lance storm. I think he has literally got to be the worst person on the mic. I don't what? know why. Lance Storm. I don't know if you ever watched ECW. I... Lance Storm was brutal. It was very difficult to watch. I think they did an interview with him, and I think Vince McMahon was very nervous about pushing Lance Storm because he thought that everyone – pushing Lance Storm as a Canadian because he, he was afraid that everyone who watched was going to think that Canadians were weird. Because it was Lance Storm. Uh, and I, I don't know, but that would be my number one. The other two I'd put on there is um, Gangrel. Gangrel is uh, <laughs> brutal on the microphone. <laughs> As he we is, all know. He is Yeah, he is WrestleBotch royalty. And, um, and the other one I, I feel like would be Steve Blackman. He's kind of in the <laughs> same league. Same league as Lance Storm. Like, so bad I, that they were good. I don't know. I forgot how bad Steve Blackman was because I was going to say Lex Luger because Lex Luger was awful. He was awful in a different way, though. He was just bad because he fumbled every word. Yeah, he he just his mind was clearly going so much faster than his mouth could keep up with. And he was just like, and then he couldn't get the shirt (laughs) off in one of those promos. It was just a train wreck. But like, it was like a lovable train wreck to watch. You kind of felt bad for him. Yeah, no, I agree there. I agree, but Between I see like and, uh... Blackman, Blackman and Storm were a little different though because they weren't they didn't fumble their words. They just you could tell they had to recite what they were saying a million times, and it still came off as rehearsed. Like that's what does that remind you of? Every Monday Night Raw. Yup, pretty much. There we go. Boom, roasted. <laughs> Between Lex Luger and Psycho Sid, uh, so two guys <laughs> who just like weren't eloquent on the mic, but were still over big time. Probably because of the look, you know, Psycho Sid. I'll I just die when I see him talk. I don't oh. know if it's bad. I it's just funny. Also, Jimmy Snuka, awful on the mic. Yeah, I could see that, but I feel like yeah. he didn't. He have trouble with English as a first language. That wasn't his okay. first language. No, you're you're just yeah, trying. Yeah, the man no. couldn't read. No, no, okay. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> that's not what I'm saying here. I'm saying this man did not know how to cut a promo. Is what I'm telling you. Was, Fair enough. It's not good. I, I have an interesting one. Okay. I don't remember if, Sha- if Shane McMahon was any good back in like the 90s or the early 2000s. But since he's returned, he is terrible on the mic. Mike, I will go as far as to say terrible. It, it, doesn't it always seem like he's out of breath? Whenever he's constantly sweating. I'm kind of worried about him, actually. Like, is, is something medically up with him? I don't know. But he also, he's like, he's always sweating. Like he could yeah. just be walking in the ring and he's just sweating. Like to and me, that's like yeah. 
there's something wrong with him. We we need somebody check him out. WWE Medical, Doc Samson, like check the guy out, will you? Jesus. <laughs> One guy we didn't mention for best on the mic was uh, not a wrestler, but Vince McMahon, the wow. ultimate ultimate promoter as a kid. Even though his like his uh, his what do you call it when you're at his announcing on the on the sidelines was kind of corny. Um, his uh, in the ring and and just I just it was legendary. Him and Macho Man were fantastic as Monday Night Raw commentators. They were fantastic. Had a nice little banter back and forth. Um, you know, the Macho Man really couldn't get half his words out, and the other half he was snapping his Slim Jim. So, you know, it was good times. It was. Yeah. I like I like Bobby the Brain Heenan on the mic with him a little better, but um, Randy Savage definitely really good too. So we're going to go – go into all right well we didn't I, mention the great Kali either sorry uh he was on my list um the head shrinkers so not only as a tag team can you not actually speak but then the manager who's supposed to be the third maybe mouthpiece also can't speak so as a collective why why even put a microphone in front of them but we were talking about shows earlier, the Piper's Pit, um, you know, King's Corner. We didn't bring up Miz TV. Miz is a sneaky good man on the mic. So, yeah, uh, I agree with you completely on that one. Yeah. The flip side of it is Brutus the Barber Beefcake also had a show and was garbage. That's only because he was friends with Hogan. That's literally his biggest claim to fame is he was friends with Hogan. And that is what made him successful. Now, the other one, John Laronitis, too. Awful on the microphone. Painful to listen to. What do you mean? Yep, painful. Jack Swagger, also very not good. Yeah, pretty terrible. (laughs) I don't have have a Jack Swagger impression. I don't know. You really can't because it's it's pretty (laughs) bad. What do I do? Yeah, JBL, I felt like, was not so great on the mic either. Like, he had moments when he was the the uh, the Texas Longhorn character guy, but overall, I thought he kind of sucked. And Michael Cole, Michael Cole is great as an announcer, terrible in the ring on Mike Mike Ward. Well, Do you yeah. yeah, terrible. <laughs> the, the the half hour they gave them at WrestleMania with him and Jerry Lawler. Oh, I'll never get that back. No. Do you guys think any of the Shield are any good on the mic? Any of them? I Obviously, like Dean Ambrose. Yeah. Rollins yeah. is good when he's a heel, but he has no idea how to cut a face promo for his life. It always no. sounds awful. I hate to say it because I really like his in-ring work, but my God, dude. I think the mic is what's keeping those guys from reaching the stratosphere. Yeah, You know, like Ambrose is pretty good on the mic, but he's kind of, I don't know. He's missing something. He's I like a, Well, have you listened to him in AEW? No, I, I refuse. No, well, is he good in you a, should. It, that's that's yeah. kind of when I had. He reminds me of Austin. I don't know why, but he reminds me of Austin a ton in that. It, and to your point, video, he's got a little bit of that Jake in him too, where he can talk without yelling, and you can you know you can sort of feel the emotion come off of him. Yep, he can scream without raising his voice. 
Boom. Yeah, you can. It's it's interesting because you can see a, a person's actual character when they go to AEW. You know what I mean? Like you can see, oh, this guy should have been utilized this way. You know, stuff that WWE did better than most other promotions when they were trying to be the best, and now they're just making the the machine tick along. So, um, but no, those are those are good ones. Those ones are good ones. Um, so I was thinking about our next episode. Okay. And are we gonna are we gonna have a next episode? Yeah, why wouldn't we have? We're not getting canceled. No, we're not getting canceled. We were renewed for at least one more episode. But I was thinking we haven't really talked about female wrestlers. Like who's the best female wrestler? Who our favorite female wrestler is? We can kind of sum it up. Unfortunately, there's not nearly as many as there. There's more now, but during the time there wasn't a lot to go off of. So, I mean, we can kind of make it our favorite female wrestlers, best on the mic, whatever, however you want to go at it Let's next week. No, I think that'll be a good one. That'll be a really good yeah. one. Yeah. Um, but we'll wrap it up a little bit shorter episode today. I think we kind of touched on everything, but let's end with our, our final thoughts. I'll, uh, I'll jump on it just to, just to, just to do, put this out there. Uh, I, so I've, I've actually gone back and watched a couple of clips of raw and I, I'm surprisingly impressed with MVP. I think one of the better decisions WWE has made is signing him back because he's a veteran. And again, he should be an honorable mention on here because he actually is pulling some pretty great promos. He speaks very eloquently. Again, is able to get his point across in a concise way. I think he is able to convey emotion. I think he's a great mouthpiece for uh, for the group that they have with with Cedric Alexander and Bobby Lashley and Shelton Benjamin. I think they got a really good thing going here. So, uh, yeah, just kudos to MVP. Glad he's back. It's good. Mango. Yeah, I think they're – yeah, Mike, interesting. I was thinking about how I actually kind of like the Hurt business. I think that's their team name. They look pretty badass. Like, walking they're, the, like they're, they're all huge. pretty good. They're pretty good. Yeah, it's giving a little bit, you know, it's getting a little excitement on uh, Raw. Why not? And you can uh, kind of see Bobby Lashley regaining, like, confidence. I don't know since he's been in there. It's been a lot different. I have no idea. Maybe because he's not doing an awkward angle with Lana. I don't know. Right. But, yeah. It's funny what you can do when you're given good material. It is. It's really interesting. Imagine that. I mean, but how is he coping with losing Lana? I really need to know. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I guess for my final thought, I would say... Um, I don't have anything planned, but I would say that I'm going to tonight go back and watch WWE NXT TakeOver from 2015 when uh, Bobby Roode was introduced. And uh, yeah, I really had a great time. We we went to uh, give you a little bit of our background. Uh, we went to uh, WWE NXT in Brooklyn. Brooklyn, was we all there? Yeah, that was yeah, TakeOver. Was yeah, we were all there. Yeah, TakeOver. Shinsuke's Nakamura versus Samoa Joe, and I'm pretty sure he hit Samoa Joe in the face and broke his face somehow. And he broke his jaw. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It just popped in my head that I wanted to get excited and watch that. It was a it was a good takeover. I yeah. mean, what's funny is that like Champa and and everyone are still in NXT. You know what I mean? And I think they're there for a reason. They really it's it's they need to build that brand. But yeah, it's it's very interesting because most of those guys that were on that card are either. I mean, I don't know if you remember, but um, uh, the revival who's now what FTP FTR FTR. It's fuck the rest, right? Is that what it basically stands for? 
Yeah, but they use they say uh, fear the revolution now. That's what they use on, oh, on TV. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, they can't just be going around saying fuck the rest on. I don't on know. The rules over there, but the revival was in a pretty good tag team match against uh, Champa and um, God. I always forget his name. Gargano. 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 Thank you. Yep, uh, which was really good. I mean, most of the people there are either up in up in uh, the main roster or um, you know mainstays down there in NXT. So that's that's good. Um, good one, Mango. And uh, Bobby Stone. Well, gentlemen, I uh, just wanted to sound the the bell because at closing today, the stock has dropped thirty down to thirty nine dollars and thirty six cents. That is a t- since we've started reporting on the stock, we're now talking. A five dollar decrease. So, guys, which is interesting because I think you told me to buy a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> I think Bobby said he wanted us to buy at thirty five, oh, and it's getting it? down close to thirty five. Right. The longer this show goes on, the lower that stock price goes. I think there's some sort of correlation. <laughs> we're we're killing the product. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, that was good, Bob. That was good, Bobby. Thank you for updating us on the the the, the Bobby Stone stock watch. Um, my final thoughts. Uh, so I was watching, going through the old WWE vault, and I enjoy watching me some WCW shows as well as ECW. And I happened to just randomly pick one, and it was 1998's World War Three. Have you you guys seen that one? I have. Yep. Oh my! Mm-hmm. I did it. I did it too. I just picked one one day, and I was like, "Why am I watching this?" But then you just get glued. It was great, but I'll tell you, basically, the World War Three was a knockoff of the Royal Rumble, where they just had three rings, and then you know they had—I don't even know how many superstars. I think it was like ninety something ridiculous. And I'm not kidding you when I tell you the prelude to the match of introducing the wrestlers. 25 to 30 minutes like no joke and it was just every wrestler half of them had already wrestled right and then and then they get in they start it it's like 30 minutes long this the introducing every wrestler just rapid fire they're all in each ring and then when it gets down to a certain amount of wrestlers they switch rings well no surprise the ring that big sexy kevin nash was in um he literally knocked out every wrestler that was in there within 10 seconds or something stupid and he was sitting in the ring by himself for literally 10 minutes. It was awful. It was so bad, but it was it was kind of cool because you saw I liked seeing all the wrestlers that I hadn't seen in like a very, very long time and completely forgot about. Yeah. Didn't they all just um like walk in one by one at yep. the at the beginning? Yep. And you'd be like, Oh my god, that guy's coming in. Oh my god, look at that guy. <laughs> yeah. Over and over. Well, the best part about the Royal Rumble is like the surprise entrance, you know, yeah. whereas that's what makes a Royal Rumble so great. Not throwing people over the top of the rope, you know, and they totally missed the mark on that one. Did they do multiple ones or is that the only one they ever did? No, they did it. They did it a couple years in a row. Did they? Like 95 through, I think like 98. I think 98 might have been the last year they did it. Yeah, I was not a big fan of that. Not a big fan of that at all. Who won the 98 one? Was it Scott Hall? Uh, I believe it. You didn't make it through. No, Scott Hall won the 97 and Kevin Nash won the 98. Mm. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm on Wikipedia. Yeah, that was. I don't just know this. 
You couldn't. <laughs> the listeners can't see you, so you should have just played it off like you knew that. That would have been a even better idea. <laughs> um. All right. Well, good stuff today. So next week we'll be talking about um our favorite female wrestlers. Uh, so tune in. If we miss something, again, make sure you tweet at us at from underscore gorilla on the Twitter machine. Uh, and uh, we appreciate you listening, and we'll see you next we week. Now return your perception of reality to you. Until next time.